you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Vegas Bad Boys the Podcasting DJ Impact. And I got all of the Vegas Bad Boys with us. And um, welcome. Three count. We got three good topics that we pull off the internet. And um, if you're watching us live, please throw in a comment if you feel pleased to. We're live, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Twitch, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every Sunday for our wrestling talk and around 8.50-ish for our three count. So we appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out. All right, let's get right into our three counts. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. Talk, baby. All right, let's start with our first one from CagesideSeats.com. It's titled Big E with the positive update on his broken neck. It went like this. The power of positivity works. At least that's what I'm going to take away from Big E's latest update from the hospital in Birmingham, Alabama. That's where he was taken by ambulance last, well, during this past uh, uh, Friday Night Smackdown after being stretchered out. And E's video update that he did the night uh, after was that he suffered a broken neck after landing on his head, taking a Ridge Holland belly-to-belly suplex on the floor. He remained upbeat in that post, focusing on the fact that he could move his fingers and toes and the outpouring of love and support he was receiving, rather than the obvious bad news. His new update this morning strikes a similar tone and contains even more reason for the optimism and this is what he said so i got some really good news all things considered the c1 and c6 two of the seven cervical vertebrae are indeed fractured non-displacement though which is a very good thing and i don't know i don't have any damage to my spinal cord no ligament damage and no surgery which i'm very thankful for and pro tip if you're going to break your neck do it in birmingham (laughs) they've been great everyone here at the university of alabama uh, birmingham has been great um, for real, it's it's meant a ton to me that so many of you have been so kind and reached out, stopped in to see me and texted me, and I feel like I sound like a broken record, but I'm grateful and I'm going to be all right. So blessed. All right. This was your uh, article, Sin City Steve. Let's start off with you. What was your take, man? I mean, I watched this uh, when it happened, and it was like, ah. Uh, you know, and you know what's crazy? I've been kind of seeing this a lot more than I probably should. I think the last time I was I was a little bit worried was during the match with uh, Drew Drew McIntyre and Madcap. I saw the same thing, and I was like, oh, my God. And that, that tripped me yep. up, too. But it's this city. What's your thoughts? So I think the thing that really stood out to me the most is that just – and, again, you know, it's, it's his gimmick, but um, this lends – 
credence to the fact that he is playing himself just amped up. Um, just the amount of positivity that he displayed through both of the videos. Um, you know, it, like you said, uh, seeing that, seeing him get dropped on his head. Um, I was actually at work um, and I got some text messages from people that were watching the East Coast feed. And, um, you know, the, the one that stood out to me the most was somebody texted me and they said, well, Big E just draws, just got draws. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. here we go. Um, and legitimately, I thought that it happened when he did that spear through the ropes dive that he always does. Oh, yeah. Um, when in all actuality, it was the overhead belly to belly from Ridge Holland. Um, I think that, like I said, the him being so positive with everything is is really a breath of fresh air and is is great to to see and the the thing that is really good is the fact that there's no displacement no damage to a spinal cord but no surgery yeah so that's something that really really stands out um realistically speaking um it the article did mention ricky starks uh ricky starks uh actually fractured one of the vertebrae uh in his neck as well and he was back in about three months. Wow. So by no means am I saying that, you know, Big E is going to be back in three months or, you know, even even six months. Um, honestly, I, I, I could see him taking some time and coming back possibly at the Rumble next year. And he's without a doubt the odds on the odds on favorite, in my view, to come back looking even more of a monster than he ever has been. Yeah. And I could see him being a surprise entrant into the rumble, winning the damn thing and, you know, going on to WrestleMania and finally getting the spotlight that he should have had when he won the world championship. And rightly so. I mean, this guy is not just an amazing wrestler, but he is an amazing human being and, you know, thoughts and prayers without a doubt. I know it's a cliche, but yeah. thoughts and prayers are definitely with him and his family. And uh, we, I, I personally can't wait to see him back in the ring. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Michaels, quick question for you, man. Does, you know, one thing about wrestling is we know it's a, it's, it's a, it's a dance, right? It, and when, when you got, you got two people, you gotta be able to one look after the other and all that. Does, does Rich Holland take any, uh, you know, does he take uh, any, issue does does he get any um you know talk to about about this or in trouble or uh or anything um about this or is it just looked at as you know as a mistake and we just keep going um what what's your take he's probably not going to get too much heat about it um mm -hmm. again it's accidents happen um unfortunately you're in a profession in which if the accident happens, you can be paralyzed or, or, or dead uh, within one move. So, yeah, you know the risk that you're taking. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't think that Big E also, well, first of all, Ridge visited the hospital. Mm -hmm. So that's a step forward. Yeah. Um, I think Owen Hart fucked up years ago when he did not call or make any effort to mm -hmm. apologize to Austin. So that's a big thing. Um, the the thing that really, um, and also speaking of it, NXT, the uh, when the uh, the Diamond Mine Brothers uh, 
mm-hmm. the Creed brothers came into the ring and yep. did. There was something that one of the Creed brothers was throwing one of the Imperium. Yep. From the ropes over, dude almost fucking landed straight on his head. Yeah, exactly. And he he, he was not he was quick enough to put both of his hands to flip his body over, but he was yeah. aware that it, if he didn't do that, it. I, yeah, I saw that too. I had mentioned that uh, when I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was that was a close call. It too. was. So it's it's stuff that happens. Um, what I've never really understood is why you allow them to do belly to belly suplexes or even yeah, some suplexes in general, especially if you're not really protect, protecting the uh, the necks that well um, on the concrete. I just don't understand the uh, you know the obsession with doing moves like that on concrete. It's yeah, it's not needed nowadays. So um, thankfully, you know, he ended up okay, um, and we'll see where this leads um, because it's interesting. Will the fans have a better reaction this time to him? Because mm-hmm. the problem was is that even as champion, he was not pulling the same kind of numbers that they wanted to see. Right. So um, hopefully maybe, you know, fondness makes the, the heart grow uh, or, or, you know. Absence makes the heart, the heart grow uh, fonder. Yeah, or something like fonder. That. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, hopefully. Um, but, on, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, you won't have that new day versus the uh, – you know the the bullies uh, match at WrestleMania because that could have been a pretty decent uh, match. Yeah, absolutely. Simon Street, man. Um, I, I I don't know if you had watched if you if you watched it when it took place. When you watch it, you go, "Oh my god!" You know, and um, her, the ref Jessica, right? That's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She was looking over. She, she was she, right she was on it because I was looking at her. I yeah. want to see what she was doing, and she knew something was wrong. In fact, I saw her even kind of uh, got on a radio um, that she had and was, um, you know, talking to whoever. I was waiting in the back. for the symbol. Well, I was, I waiting, was waiting for, for that too. Symbol. I was waiting for that too. But you, she was talking to someone out there, you know, back as it was happening, and she was trying to, you know, keep her eye on him, but also manage what was happening in the ring. So shout out to her because that's a big job. I mean, that's part of their job is to make sure the safety of all of these uh, these guys. But what was your take when you saw this and, um, you know, how the information we we know so far being a positive outcome? What's your take? Um, well, incidentally enough, uh, a part of NXT and SmackDown was the only wrestling I was able to watch up till Friday night mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff just dealing with during the weekend. So, yeah, but I'm watching, uh, SmackDown and enjoying myself. This match happens. And I immediately, when I saw it, I was like, oh, snap. And then when they cut the camera, I knew it had to be something. And so, uh, again, like you had mentioned, the referee had did look over, I believe, uh, Sheamus was in the ring and, um, you know, they were still orchestrating the match and everything. Um, as to the question that you asked, what my reaction was, uh, I was in a public place and I was like, oh, shit. Fuck. Because you don't want to see someone like Biggie kind of go down. And I think that that show with the outpour of support, I saw tweets from... Uh, I was going to call her by her real name, Pam, by um, Bailey, um, and saw tweets from everybody who gave outstanding support, love, and respect, and prayers for a speedy recovery. Um, I think that that's something that everybody loves Big E, 
in the backstage. I think the problem, and Michael's kind of alluded to it, um, I think we've all alluded to it, that a lot of people who are fans, not so much, have had that type of outpouring. So this situation could be beneficial when he comes back for the response that people have. Um, and unfortunately, that's just kind of how we are with wrestling fans. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Roman Reigns having leukemia, right? Or, or that's showing up. That helped his career. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been successful nonetheless, but it definitely did help to swing a lot of people to be more empathetic to him and happy for him to come back. I'm just happy that it's not permanent damage because we've all watched wrestling for X amount of years and have seen where it does end up bad. And it sucks because it's somebody that he had so much more uh, years of talent Mm -hmm. that that was left in his career. You know what I mean? And you'd hate to see that get cut short. Um, I will say this, uh, after that, I was very concerned and upset, and then I was even more uh, uh, horrified after I found out about Butch. It just hurt my soul. <laughs> like that, that whole segment made me almost not want to watch the rest of SmackDown because I was upset and worried about Biggie, and then I heard about Butch, and it was just. But yeah, hopefully it gets better. <laughs> Wait, but but Butch was announced before the match happened, bro. I know, but I'm saying like I. Well, I mean, they're going to reverse then. Not hearing about Butch and then seeing Biggie upset me is what my point was trying to say. I'm sorry I reversed it, but okay, saying gotcha, it, gotcha. Yeah, it, it just made for bad all around. It's like, damn, what, what the fuck's going on? Only wrestling I really get to watch, and yeah. this happens. That's my point. My apologies. No doubt. No doubt. All right, let's do a count two. And this is from ProWrestlingNewsHub.com. Titled Chris Jericho on the biggest difference between AEW and WWE. It says that the top AEW star and first ever AEW champion Chris Jericho recently appeared on Kurt Angle's show to talk about what really made him want to go all elite wrestling in the first place after working with WWE for more than two decades. And for him, it's the biggest difference between AEW and the WWE, which Chris Jericho revealed is creative control. And this is what he said. I think the big difference right out of the gate is AEW is is our company. That's what we really appealed to me to go there in the first place. I went to New Japan between WWE and AEW, and the first match I had was with Kenny Omega in the Tokyo Dome. And I remember when we did the beatdown angle for it, Kenny got color, and I was like, because we can't do color in WWE, this, this this needs this type of intensity. When you get blood, it's not a bloodbath. It's the intensity that adds to the performances of the players in the ring and the people watching. Then when we had the match, very similar to the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match, I had the whole ending. Kenny had the beginning. I thought, who do we have to tell this to? Who do we have to talk to? And Kenny said, what are you talking about? I said, well, who's the agent? Kenny said, there's no agents here. This is the match. This is what we're doing. Uh, is that Gito is the booker ghetto ghetto all right ghetto is the booker and tell ghetto the finish and then we do it I was like are you kidding me really creative control more importantly they trusted me to be an artist and let the artist be artist you've got Kenny Omega who's the top guy in New Japan who's got Chris Jericho who's coming in business went through the roof when the match was announced so that kind of made me fall in love with wrestling again, the creative element of it. It was like flying live without a net. 
Not everything is connected and don't have to tell the cameraman. Nobody knows what you're going to do. No one knows what you're going to say. So after that, Chris Jericho, he, he also talked about how even before AEW started, he had a talk with Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks, and he knew since then that he had a chance and this may actually work. Jericho then talked about how the biggest difference is creative freedom, not creative control, which AEW CEO Tony Khan has given to them, and nobody else has done that. And Tony Khan gives them the space to be an artist and makes it feel like AEW is their company as well which he thinks the fans feel too, and AEW CEO just lets artists be artists. So this is what he said. When AEW first came up as a concept, I was like, I've heard this a million times before. This is never going to work. Then I talked to Tony Khan and realized, like, we have a chance here. I talked to Kenny and the Bucks before I got really close to Kenny and the Bucks and Cody working in New Japan. I was there for two years before AEW started and thought this might work. Lo and behold, it got off the ground really quickly, and we were a part of it. It was my company because I knew if this works, this adds to Chris Jericho's legacy. If it doesn't, then I'll figure out what I'm going to do, but I really want to take a chance. The biggest difference is creative freedom, not creative control. Nobody has that. Tony Khan has never given that to anybody, but the creative freedom to be a pro. Tony gives you the space to be an artist, and it feels like our company, and I think the fans feel that too. We're in this together, and my analogy is that I started listening to Metallica in 1984 when no one knew who they were, and it stuck with them until they became the biggest band in the world, till they became the new Rolling Stones. I've always feel a special closeness to them and a loyalty to Metallica because we started it together. I think our fans in AEW feel the same way. They're not just watching the show. They're part of a show, and they believe in it. As more people come to watch, there's different vibe. We let artists be artists. Boy, I see uh, Sin City shaking his head a lot, but this was your article here. Matt Michaels, tell us about it. What was your thoughts? Yeah, Jericho's full of shit. <laughs> it's just plain and simple. Um, let, let's let's <laughs> yeah. just start with the bullshit about Metallica. There's oh, a big boy. difference, jackass, and that's because uh, Metallica, nobody knew when nobody knew them. But people know who Chris Jericho is and John Moxley is and Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole and CM Punk and every other motherfucker who was on a WWE program because that's who made them WWE. If you look at the television product right now, you're watching WWE. Mm. That's plain and fucking simple. The fucking Hardy Boys are in with what? <laughs> the WWE music. Like, don't even fucking, like, take Jeff, make him come up with a fucking song or something, right? No, we're just going to use the fucking... Everything fans associate with those guys was used to fucking say, hey, we're taking your product and just extorting it. All right, so whatever the fresh ideas, whatever the artistry is, you're full of shit, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And maybe aging would help because you could kind of get away from some of this fucking everything gets said yes to. Tell me something right. Tony Khan has said no to. All right, so that's the first part. Of <laughs> I can tell you who Tony Khan has said no to. <laughs> Well, you us, can. Us. Well, yeah, well, that's true. Very true. 
Um, <laughs> the uh, one of the things that I think that is interesting too is that he says it's their company, but at the same breath, this week we are getting the report of why the Briscoes aren't in AEW, and that's because a Warner executive allegedly said no because of the remarks that were homophobic made by Jay Briscoe years ago on Twitter. So that doesn't make it your company, bro. It makes it their company. And this is the stuff that you're going to start dealing with is network getting involved. You're going to lose a lot of those quote unquote freedoms that you have to be quote unquote artists when you start getting under the radar of guys in the fucking uh, television company. And it's not going to be the same, man. And, you know, it, in terms of the fans, your fans were going to follow the product and be happy with it. Why? Because they despise WWE so much that they don't realize they're watching WWE. And that is <laughs> true blinders. Wow. Well, let me ask you this, Sin City. I know you might want to uh, take in some of those uh, words there, but one of the quotes that he got on here, he says, uh, the biggest difference is creative freedom, not creative control. Uh, you know, nobody has that. He, he mentions in there. Now, I'm just curious, does Jericho never felt that he could not be creative at all in WWE? Because I, I just think that, and I could be wrong, but I would think someone at Chris Jericho's level, I think he could be right up there with, with you know, with Roman Reigns, you know, in terms of this is where I would like to go with my character. And they say, okay, let's let's make that work. I mean, Apollo Crews comes up with this, hey, let me do a Nigerian character, and he gets that thrown out there. I don't, I don't see how Chris would not been able to start an inner circle if he wanted to do something like that in WWE with this tenure. I could be wrong, but you tell me, what's your thoughts on that and then overall with the, the uh, article? I mean, realistically, no one knows unless they are privy to backstage information. Uh, it's really easy for us to sit here and, you know, run our mouths about this and that. And we all love to do it from time to time. Let's be real. Um, you know, whether we love Vince McMahon and his decisions or we hate his decisions and his creative and, and you know, writing process. But the fact is that, you know, I a lot of that stuff really resonates with me um, because, you know, out of the four of us, uh, I am the person and no offense, Simon, um, but I am I am the the most in tune with the AEW product. Oh, yeah. And um, I know that you're coming along, bro. Um, so there one day. You'll, you'll get there. You'll get there soon enough. But um, an impact you like to say that you are. But uh, yeah, you're still <laughs> WWE to the core. Matt Michaels, you're you're. I, that ship has sailed for you. Uh, you're never going to enjoy AEW product. And I'm well aware of that. So, um, but the fact is, yeah, I mean, I saw the work that, that Jericho did in new Japan and while his, his work in his matches in new Japan were not the greatest. Um, he definitely, you know, listening to his podcasts and some of the thought processes that he, you know, used to come up with his characters and iterations that, that he, you know, developed during his time in Japan, this stuff really did hold true. And, you know, he, he kind of 
brought a lot of this stuff out to light for the people that don't necessarily listen to his podcast. Um, I, I think that, you know, AEW still is an, still is in its infancy. Uh, it's been around for less than three years. So yeah, they're going to allow more creative freedom to their performers to, you know, go out there, see what, you know, throw whatever at the wall and see what sticks. Um, I think that regardless of what it is, uh, AEW has been able to change up the entire landscape of, of pro wrestling, mainstream professional wrestling in the United States. And I think that it, it is pretty plain to see that a lot of, a lot of these guys are getting through, uh, ideas and gimmicks and, you know, matches, uh, spots and matches, things of that nature that would never fly in WWE. And again, it might be extremely shallow for me to, to say that. Um, but you know, especially given what I had just mentioned. However, um, just judging off of previous bodies of work, would a character like an Orange Cassidy ever fly in WWE? Well, we're finally starting to see that happen with Lisa Chu in fucking NXT. Um, so I, I think that if if nothing else, AEW has come in and they've they've kind of shaken everything up. And whether they're direct competition with WWE, um, you know, you can say whatever you will about that. I think that they have taken a few of the viewers away from WWE, but the entire landscape of professional wrestling in the United States has changed forever because of AEW. And I think that we down the road could see, you know, some, some of the creative freedom start to, you know, go away and AEW start to use agents and things of that nature. But for, for right now, I am completely on board. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we're on a, we're on a pretty fun ride right now. Let me ask you, Simon Street, you a person, I, I know this from knowing you a long time, you talk about the importance of structure and structure, especially in, in business and, and, and all. And, you know, when you read this, he talks about when he goes over to uh, New Japan and has an, uh, a match with Kenny Omega. He's questioning, you know, uh, the creative guy, the agent, who I need to talk to, blah, blah, blah. And and, and Kenny is like, man, just get in there and, and perform. You know, uh, we don't have all that going on. Come on. Well, what's your take when you hear that? Do you believe that there should be some sort of uh, some structure going on within the business? I mean, yes, you understand the idea of, of you want to be creative and you want to come up with some of your ideas. But, you know, to just being told, hey, just get out there and have a good match and not knowing where you're going, that could be kind of confusing, would you say? I mean, it could be in the possibility, but you also have to look at uh, what is your market and what is the type of business you want to run. You know, um, WWE has a certain structure because the business that they're trying to get, you know, has a lot to do with the way their company structure is in general. They're, uh, you know, I believe it's a publicly, uh, or is it a publicly traded yep. uh, company. So there's a lot of set of rules and different uh, methods of how your company has to be structured and decisions that have to be made have to be followed accordingly. I think AEW is in a very interesting uh, type of place because right now, uh, they are in a in a situation to where they can structure their company a little loose handedly uh, at times. Uh, yes, as Michaels did allude to, uh, that eventually will slowly start to be taken away to certain bits here and there because they are partnered with Turner and they do have a certain, you know, hand on the product where they can dictate certain things when they want to. But the good thing that I will say to kind of answer your question 
is I think that AEW in a weird way does have structure. And it is kind of a little bit what uh, Jericho said in this in this um, in this article is that he felt like he had more not so much of a say so creatively what he wanted to go that he could have a platform to where he could pitch out ideas Mm -hmm. and the company because of how the structure was a little loose they were able to kind of fly with it whether it stuck or it didn't stick you know one good example that i would say is um you know the uh jericho society uh ordinarily i wouldn't have liked it but after a while, I'm like, okay, this is not horrible. It doesn't suck. It's not great, but it doesn't suck. That's something that never would have freaking flown in WWE. There, it wouldn't have probably been at the table. I can guarantee it with most of the members that's on that team right now. But again, there's an opportunity for that. Now, whether or not that goes the distance like the inner circle happened to do, those are individuals on there that will now have a better opportunity moving forward, whether it's in AEW or whether if they move on to greener pastures somewhere else. And I think that's what makes AEW very interesting. And that's part of their structure is, you know, let's just have fun in a way, right? Let's give what the fans want. Let's do things a little bit different from WWE and let's have fun with it now. Let's be in the now. Yes, business-wise, that doesn't seem very smart. But at the end of the day, they've been around for what, going on four years almost? Is it four years? Three years. Three years. My bad. Three years. So it takes about uh, how many years was uh, WCW in the business before they finally had to call it quits? Was it around four you years? Can't, you can't compare. No, I, I, I'm not trying to compare. I'm just I'm just asking in general. Was it like four yeah. years or five years? I can't remember. I don't know. The, the, I mean, it's the, that's the problem though. It was a nationally televised program, and Turner just brought the company. Well, that's that's the point that I was trying to make. Every situation is different, right? So with AEW, it may we are on a different type of programming in general, just in the audience. You're starting to see almost an end of the demographics of what wrestling is going to be catered to very soon. And AEW is probably going to be changed. It's no longer going to be that 18 to what, 50, 50, 60 year old uh, demographic anymore. It's going to be a little bit different. They're going to have to dip that number down a little bit and try and get some of that pie of the younger people. I feel that AEW is in a better position with a looser structure to be able to accommodate or test some of that versus the WWE. Not that they can't do that. They just have to structure their company better to fit that, i.e. NXT 2.0. Do you see what I'm saying? They couldn't have just toyed with that to entertain a younger demographic. AEW can do it on the fly, and they've done it. They've done it with Orange Cassidy. They've done it with other characters that they, they put on there. You know, the, yes, it is WWE rehashed. Most times, not going to lie. Finally saw the the last pay-per-view. Very exciting, by the way. Um, And a lot of it was very contingent on a lot of past WWE superstars. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it was more of an AEW-style promotion than some of those guys I've seen in the WWE. And that's something that's very distinctive. That I think even you, Michaels, if you look at it and peel the the onions back, yes, it's some of the same stock, but the flavor is just a little bit different. All right, all right, there we go. You know, but but one of the things that we kind of, uh, and this is my, this is why I don't like CM Punk. This is why Jericho is full of shit. You had that opportunity. You could have gone to Ring of Honor. You could have gone to TNA at any point. But what did those companies not have? Money. The same type of money. 
Of course, it always That's comes what down this to money. It all comes down to it. Isn't you're not an artist. You're a fucking sellout, you know, and you want to paint yourself as an artist. You want to paint yourself as the company uh, that is, you know, just totally revolutionizing and going against the grain. What is it doing? It's doing the same fucking thing. And but that's what you, it comes down to. But let me ask you this quick question. I don't want to drag this on any longer. Okay. Let's just say us four guys, Vegas bad boys, the next three years, right? We get acclaimed, right? Huge. Okay. 10 years later, we decide, hey, you know what? Not that we're going to go our separate ways, but we want to do some projects, right? Yeah, we could individually or all together collectively go back and try to restart a new type of podcast, right? Like what we did when we first started. Some of us may want to, but let's be real. With the time and the success that we've had, that's really, really hard to do that and not get paid the money that you should. Unless you're going to just totally take over. But that's not the argument. The argument is that he specifically says it's the artistry. Well, yes, it is the artistry, but at the end of the day, you don't want to do it for free. He ain't going to go back to ROH and and, and do it for free. He ain't going to go to TNA and do it for free. But an artist gets paid something, not hold out for everything. That's what it comes down to. Artists are different than entertainers. That's all it is. But and it comes out to this too. Listen, one of his well, but that's it. Broken struggling artists are the ones who are considered actual artists, and the ones who you know get paid millions of dollars to do shit are considered professionals. So what about, there's a difference. There. But what about like Prince? And I'm not trying to jump over, but I'm saying like with Prince, right? He didn't like he didn't like the way the industry was going. He didn't like the control, right? Almost the same way he didn't like the creative control that labels had, right? So then he wanted to kind of start his own label. He could have went back and, and done it extra small time, but he didn't. He still wanted to have that money, right? He, you, you, I feel like you have to uphold a certain level. Jericho level, you ain't going down to ROH. And no no disrespect to ROH. You I'm just saying. R, R, you absolutely R, R. could. You, you can now. Could. You couldn't do that long time ago. John Cena would go down to, 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 to uh, ROH, what, 10 years ago? I highly doubt that. At the peak of his he success. If he, well, John is, yeah. If any one of them was in a position where they didn't feel like they were getting the creative control they wanted, they could have gone somewhere else as long as they weren't under contract. Period. And and they would have took, they would have took a a smaller check than the WWE check and not try to own the. the, That's why I'm calling bullshit on Jericho. Is because he wouldn't have done that. He's not an artist. And his All whole right. method of this was they let us bleed in Japan for fuck's sake, bleeding. <laughs> that's all AEW is. So I guess that's artistry is blading. And if but that's you're getting artistry, paid. you're getting paid though. Well, it's how you bleed. You can't bleeding. just be bleeding here. It's gotta be like a masterpiece all on your crimson. Yeah. You know, all yeah. the all the guys in AEW, they actually bleed green. <laughs> Shit, as long as, as, long as that trickles good? into my bank account, we good. Because right. them, contra- them contracts is good down payments for like multi-million dollar homes. All right, all right. Here we go, guy. Let's get to account three. And this is from IGN.com titled WWE 2K22. Logan Paul, Mr. T, and more are being added as a DLC. It reads a little bit like this, that... WWE 2K22's post-launch content updates have been revealed through July 2022, and they include 
such new playable characters as Logan Paul, Mr. T, Machine Gun Kelly, Ronda Rousey, Cactus Jack, and many more. These five content packs will in total add 28 new characters to WWE 2K22's roster and will be available for individual purchase alongside being included for those with the Season Pass Deluxe Edition or NWO for Life Digital Edition of WWE 2K22. Some of the celebrity editions go far beyond just because they are popular, as some have a connection to the game and the sport. For example, Machine Gun Kelly is WWE 2K22's executive soundtrack producer, and Logan Paul is set to compete in a WrestleMania match with tag team partner The Miz against Rey Mysterio, WWE 2K's 22 cover star, and his son Dominic Mysterio. And it also shows the uh, the full list of packs that's going to be coming out. Quite a few names here on this list. Um, but this overall was uh, your selection, uh, Simon Street. I'm pretty sure Matt Michael's going to be like, uh, I'm out of it because he doesn't play any games. But I know both you and uh, <laughs> you and Sin City and myself have uh, played so many WWE. So what was your take, man? You wanted to uh, – what, what got you going on this article? Well, I mean, well, first and foremost, uh, two, uh, WWE 2K22 just came out this Friday. So technically Thursday is when I got it, Thursday night at 9 o'clock. Um, and I like the title. It says hit different, and the show did hit different because what hit last time in 20 was mu- this motherfucking bullshit. That's <laughs> what that was. So uh, definitely shout out to the whole team at uh, 2K for redeeming themselves. I had an opportunity to play some of the different modes, particularly – the Ray Mysterio story mode, and it was amazing. There's some new things that they did with it. Uh, Michael's had even probably appreciated where you're playing on the storyline, and there's parts where it will seamlessly transition from your gameplay into the actual documentary. Uh, and you have Ray Mysterio in the background as you're playing, going through his whole match, particularly with uh, with uh, Halloween Havoc uh, 97 with Eddie Guerrero. Truly awesome. I haven't seen much like that in a video game before. Not even Madden has done that. So shout out to 2K. From what I saw, fucking amazing. I felt engaged. So out of that, this article, first and foremost, Logan Paul, what the fuck? I get it. I get it. I get it. We're going to see a lot of Logan Paul in the next month. I get it. He's somebody that WWE is getting it. But what pisses me off more than anything, and I'm hoping, praying that, that, that I will pay double the price for this DLC character that's not even on this list, and I'll give you the quick list. You got Bonsai Pack, Yokozuna, Umaga, Rikishi, Omos, Casey Katanzaro, which is really weird because you got like four really big dudes and one little girl. But, hey, that's the Bonsai Pack. Then next you got Most Wanted Pack, Cactus Jack, The Boogeyman, Vader, uh, Dragunov, Indy Hartwell. Then you got Stand Back, Hurricane Helm, Stacey Keebler, A-Kid, Wes Lee, Nash Carter. Clown of the Round Pack, Doink the Clown, Ronda Rousey, the British Bulldog, Mr. T, Dewdrop, Rick Bogues. And the last one you got is the whole damn package. If you didn't think that Rob Van Dam wasn't going to be on that motherfucker, you knew he was because he's the whole fucking show. Then you got fucking Logan Paul, Machine Gun Kelly, L.A. Knight, happy about that. Zaya Lee, love her. Got to watch her IG. And then also, too, Commander Aziz, which... I just want to play against Omos and, and, and Commander Z so I can have Omos squash. But anyways, besides the point, where the fuck is Bad Bunny? Where is Bad Bunny? Why could we not have Bad Bunny on this DLC? Can anybody tell me that? How many people ask, do you know right ask now? Ask Bad Bunny, because that might be his, <laughs> his management, man. It might be. 
But I was so upset because I was hoping Bad Bunny, who won me over from last WWE, I didn't like him before when he first got there, but he won me over after WrestleMania, and uh, he's not on it. Reason why I'm going in on Logan Paul is Logan Paul, out of all these names, doesn't offer anything to me. And I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to prove me wrong, especially Mike Michaels. Look, your chops get in there, brother. Because Logan Paul is a waste of space. Not only on YouTube, not, not, not only in WWE, I don't know why they're trying to push him. There's so many other people in social media right now that have more to offer, more of a draw for that demographic that WWE wants. Can somebody tell me why Logan Paul? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty For simple. Once, okay. You, now, you didn't see you didn't see Raw in all fairness, right? I saw a clip of it, but I wasn't entertained. But please go ahead. I didn't get a chance to watch no, it. No, it. So so with Logan Paul and his mic skills, A, he's good. But B, the fucker looks like a wrestler. He's got a great stature. He looks good. That's why you're using him. It's, you know, it's you're getting an advantage of having a guy who is, you know, showing a, a, a interest in fighting um, and, you know, brings in a certain amount of viewers. Um, I think that you're off on the one step of Logan Paul being more despised by you than machine gun fucking kelly well i knew you were gonna bring that up i'm happy for machine gun kelly because then i can be kevin owens and put him through a table over and over and over and over and over and over again so so you just made a great point that's the same reason that you get that package for logan paul you got two for one in that one of guys that you can just beat the shit out of because you'd want to see them get hurt you know what you, you just you just yeah. gave me an idea. I don't know why I thought about that. I can take out my extreme hatred, not hatred for him individually. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just I, I just think that his shit is cheap. But that's my point. They probably think my shit is cheap. But I they also want to break your shit is man. This is probably true. They already know who the fuck I am. Um, but I will say this: the one thing that I why, why I also want to bring it up, and not just Logan Paul, is the strategy that 2K is doing with this game. They really took a lot of care into this game. They learned from a lot of their mistakes. They realized that one big criticism for last probably four or five WWE 2K games was not revealing what the DLC was going to be and having people buy it, not knowing what it was. And it was not the best at all, people. So at least for here, they've given you a huge calendar all the way into July mm -hmm. on a game that's already good. And I'm telling you right now, IGN uh, did a, a game review for, um, for, for this game and gave it an eight. Eight is a very good score. Do you see what I'm saying? Among other games that came out this month, Elder Ring, which is like almost a 10, if I'm not mistaken, um, up there with other games that, that came out this month with Horizon Forbidden Wilds. Well, maybe not this month, within the same two months. So they're doing very well. Shout out to them because everything's hitting really good with regards to this game. Okay. Um, let me go over to you, uh, Sin City. Uh, you're yeah. a gamer. What's your take on all of this? So I mean the thing is keep in mind these are DLCs. So they're not they're not part of the game. Um so you know the the roster is what it is. Um the other thing to keep in mind is each one of these packs um so the Bonsai pack uh April 26th has 5 wrestlers. Most Wanted has 5 wrestlers. Stand Back has 5 wrestlers. Clowning around which first off I don't get 
how Ronda Rousey is in a fucking pack yeah. that's named clowning around first off. That's got to be a hell of a rib. Um, but anyway, there are six in that pack. And then in the whole damn pack, there are six as well. So, I mean, realistically speaking, if you if you break it down and you look at it like this, um, in the first three packs, you have five uh, five wrestlers in each that are legitimate wrestlers. Um, whereas if you look at the last two packs, you've got, um, quite frankly, I mean, the only, the only non-legitimate wrestler in clowning around is Mr. T, but then in the whole damn pack, you have Machine Gun Kelly and Logan Paul. So realistically speaking, I mean, they did a pretty good job of confining the non-traditional wrestling characters mm -hmm. to the packs that were your larger packs. Um, so that, that's something to keep in mind. Um, also the, uh, the thing is like what I mentioned, you know, if you don't, if you don't like having Logan Paul in there, don't buy that pack. You can buy the others. You can but, buy them individually I, too. So, right. Yeah. That. And and, that, and that's, that's the thing to keep in mind too. Um, and a great point was brought up earlier. Um, how do we know that they didn't approach bad bunny, uh, about getting him into the game? Um, and maybe his management or his label or, you know, whoever just said, no, not this time because maybe they wanted to be the soundtrack producers this year, but obviously that was already spoken for by machine machine gun Kelly. Um, I think that next year, if we see that bad bunny is affiliated, I can almost guarantee that he will also be the soundtrack curator for the title. Good stuff, man. That would Good be stuff. great. I'd be down with that. All right. Um, now, Michael, you kind of already threw your bid in there, but uh, any excitement knowing that this or that this game is um, so far uh, better than <laughs> where how it was going two years ago? <laughs> I only saw one bug, only one bug when I was playing for like the first seven hours when it came out. Outside of that, it was running really smooth, y'all. And I'm waiting to play y'all so I could beat beat y'all asses. And I already created a bad boy's custom belt on the game. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Matt, <laughs> I, hold, I hold the title, by the way. Uh, did you want to say anything on that? No, just congratulations to you, uh, Navajo Warrior, yeah. for uh, doing another splendid job on uh, the W, the WWE 2K games. Yeah, phenomenal. Maybe we'll have to and kind of reach out to him. Also, shout out to Chris Bay for his work in the motion cap sure stuff. Did. He, he did for Ray Mysterio for that. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. And there were a number of other guys too. Yeah. That's uh, too many to to get into, but oh yeah. yeah, awesome! All right, guys, good stuff. That is our three count. Let's make it official here. And um, we want to thank everybody for listening. We're going to give our final thoughts as we get ready to end the show. Uh, thank you for 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 watching and listening. We see you guys online. We uh, online. We don't see you many comments come through, but feel free if you ever watch us to throw your comments in. We love to uh to read them and um and just see what you're thinking too we might be on point but we may be off um let us know uh thanks for hanging out with us no matter if you're watching us live or listening all right so with that um let me go and start off with you simon street uh what would you like to tell the people out there uh you know everybody just thank you so much for supporting and everything and uh, while you're out there just you know try to be the best you you can allow us to do the same and um, like i said if you're on twitch Give us a follow. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Um, there's always new content that's coming out, and you never know when newer, newer content will come out. You just never know. There's always something in the think tank with between us four. Um, with that, have a good rest of your week. No doubt. Sin City Steve. 
thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight as always thank you for liking sharing subscribing doing all the stuff that you guys do and uh, we appreciate every single one of you so thank you um, special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country whether you're on lands foreign or domestic thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do um, and that's not just the show that's everything so definitely special thank you um, and then last but not least repsports.com reppsports.com go there for all of your pre-workout weight loss and general energy needs Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. Perfect. All right. Uh, Mr. Matt Michaels. Yeah, time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. We're losing an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that actually hit me. I was confused. My watch, thank God, was, you know, it updated, but the stove didn't update. So I'm going back and forth. And I'm like, oh, that must have happened. And I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did it happen at two, two, two in the afternoon, or is it two in the morning? I wasn't sure. I just know well, it happens. It happens, I think, at uh, three a.m. in the morning. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, it happened. It happened last night. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, we lost an hour. Yep. Too bad we can't be like like the great state of Arizona, who never have to worry about moving their time up or down. <laughs> well, they apparently don't worry about moving other things into the new future. I, <laughs> yeah, but ironically, ironically, the uh, one of the I think it's the cable systems out there. I think it was cable. Um, they actually did the time jump. Oh wow! Did they? Yeah, yeah. This is like the second year that they uh, just did the time jump for everyone and uh yeah so technology right <laughs> oh well all right y'all thanks for hanging out we we'll see you next time peace biggest bad boys of podcasting